So, guys, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to preach on repentance. No, I'm just joking. We'll preach on the life of love. Um, Father God, Lord, I just pray that you'd fill this place with your Holy Spirit. God, fill this place afresh, that you would speak to each person here where they're at, where they're at on the journey with you, whether they've started a journey with you, whether they call you Lord, or whether they've known you and walked with you for years and years, God. Lord, I pray that you would meet them where, that, where we're at, God, that you would speak to us, that you'd reveal yourself and your love to us as real, God. Lord, that you would challenge us to leave this place different, to, live, to leave this place living differently. God, that you would broaden our minds to this life that you have called us to in you, that you'd make our minds just excited about this life we get to live in you that we have entered here on one level that today when we go to bed tonight we'll be going to bed on a different level with a bigger with a bigger picture and a bigger heart and a bigger hope in your great and awesome name amen so guess what today's called a life of love it's great to be speaking with you guys today. Um, we're, we're taking a little pause on our series. We just started last week a series um, in holiness. We're going to take a pause in that. Um, today we're, we're doing baby dedications. And so this is going to be the miracle. It's going to be a shorter sermon. Start your clocks in five minutes' time. No, it will be a short sermon. It will be a short sermon, fractionally. Um, I want to welcome guys as well who are here visiting with us who've um, maybe you're, maybe you've just turned up here for the first time maybe you're here because friends have brought you along maybe you're part of other churches and you're here to support babies that are being dedicated so welcome guys it's really great to have you i hope that you're blessed today today is about celebrating love love of parents for children and ultimately every day of our lives our life is a celebration of the love that we've experienced from the Father for us. So that's why I call today's message, A Life of Love. And the big challenge that I want to put out today, because so often we don't think of it with love, but the big challenge today is that love challenges everything. Love challenges everything. There's this point in the Bible where the Pharisees, they come to Jesus and they try and trip him up and they ask him, what is the greatest commandment? It says this in Matthew 22, 36 to 40. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What a statement. If you think in Jesus' time, the whole of the Old Testament, that's written. They've got that. That's the scripture. That's the law. That's the prophets. And Jesus says, the whole law hangs on these two commandments. That's massive. It's massive. In one moment, Jesus makes it so simple. He simplifies the law of God, this super complex law to remember. I don't know how to remember it all. This super complex law. Whilst at the same time, if you peel the onion skin back a little more, it's pointing out the poverty of our human ability to love, to love consistently. He highlights mankind's inability 
to consistently live a life of love. To consistently live a life of love. See, we know we can't keep the law every day of your life. There is no way that you will live a life keeping the law of God. Only one person ever did that, and his name is Jesus. See, we know that in our humanity, in our own effort, we'll always fail at some point. You know, we'll always get home, kick the cat out the window, metaphorically. And that failure is either a failure to love God or it is a failure to love people because it is breaking the law. It's breaking God's way. It's challenging. That doesn't mean, though, Jesus doesn't call humanity to this life of love. He says, actually, it's really difficult, so don't really bother about it. Just muddle through, we'll sort it out, and then you get to go to heaven when you die. No, far from it. It's not like that. Jesus actually calls people to a higher level of love. You know, do you remember the things that Jesus used to say? He, didn't, he said, you've, he- you've heard it said, don't murder, don't kill. But I say, don't even get angry with anyone. He raises the bar of love. He says, doesn't say, don't just commit sexual immorality. He says, don't even let your mind go there. Don't even let your thoughts go there. Because that's not loving. Every part of our lives, every decision we make is challenged by that question. Am I loving God and am I loving people in doing this? Am I loving God and am I loving people through this? It challenges how we spend our time, how we use our money, how we relate to people, how we respond to situations, everything. It challenges how we treat and speak about people that are different to us, that annoy us, that get on our nerves, that irritate us. People who wrong us, very justly wrong us. Oh, sorry, very justly that you're angry with them that they've wronged you. Love can be so unbelievably challenging to live that kind of love. But when we do live in love, it is a witness to everyone else. It is a witness to the world. Because a lifestyle of love is just beautiful. People love Jesus because he demonstrated a life of love. But it seems impossible, right? It seems so hard to live in that place. But even in the impossibility to be consistent in love, Jesus raises the bar again. He raises the bar again. Jesus says this interesting thing, a beautiful thing, a challenging thing. He says this in John 13, 34 to 35. He says, a new command I give you. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's mind-blowing. It's hard. It's so hard to comprehend and live by that. See, don't just love each other as you love yourself. The royal command, the one we just read at the beginning. It's not love each other as you love yourself. He raises the bar and he says, no, love as I have loved you. Jesus calls us to this higher place of love. And guess what? When you love each other like that, 
you will pour that same love out into the world, into how you love those around you. Love each other as Jesus has loved you. It's challenging. It's a new command. It sets our life on a totally new course. It's not measuring your love for people against how much you love yourself in your brokenness and in your fallenness. It's about measuring your love against he who is love. How does Jesus love? What are some of the kinds of things he does? Let's just scratch the surface. He, Jesus, is patient with, those, with the failings of those around him. He gave everything for us. He loved us unconditionally. He gave his life for us. He died for us. He gave up, some people don't think of this, he gave up his glory in heaven, seated on a throne in heaven. And he lays, it says he lays that, all his divinity aside, his divine attributes rather, aside, and comes to earth, fully man and fully God. But he comes to earth to be a manual, manual laborer, to be a carpenter, to die for us because he loved us. Jesus is calling the church community to live from that place of love and invites all people, all people, into that relationship, that love relationship with him. You don't have to get cleaned up. You don't have to sort yourself out. He invites you into that relationship with him. That our love would be reflective of how he loves us. Reflective of the love of heaven itself. So challenging. It's hard. That makes being part of the church challenging. That is a, that's the standard of love that Jesus calls us to exhibit to each other and to the world. See, being part of a church is being part of a body with members that you relate to and who are in relationship with that you're sold out for, who bless you and who you bless them. When one person is hurting, everyone hurts. When one is rejoicing, all rejoice. Today is a day of rejoicing, isn't it? It's a great day, a beautiful day. It means we will pour ourselves out for each other, even when it isn't convenient, even when it's not convenient. And actually, that we refuse to just make it about ourselves. See, this isn't a spiritual spa day where you kind of come and get topped up for the week ahead. It is in part, you know. I hope that you do go away feeling filled, feeling encouraged. But it's also a place that you come into to pour into other people. Pray before you come to church. Maybe you've got a word for someone. Maybe God's telling you, actually, you need to give some money to this person. They're not telling anyone, but they've got no money. You are here to pour into others and for others to pour into you. See, that's the love of heaven manifest through his church. Today, we are making a commitment together as a church to be supporting these parents who are dedicating their children, who are committing to raise them in the Lord. But today is also about the church committing to them. Love is challenging. Love is challenging. How then? How, when we can't even fulfill the law, right, we said that, you can't even fulfill the law through loving God and loving others in, as we would love ourselves, how could we possibly love each other, logically, how could we possibly love each other 
as Jesus has loved us. How can we do that? Seems ridiculous, James. As is always the way with the gospel, he makes a way. He makes a way. So we can't do it in our own strength. No one ever could. We can't do it in our own strength. As Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1.7, says, We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love. Love. And of a sound mind. The spirit in you is a gift given to you. And is a spirit of love. See, the spirit will lead you into the love of Christ. The Spirit will lead you into the love of Christ. The Spirit will work in you to grow you and develop you. Develop that love in you. It says love is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians speaks about that. That love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in you. God is growing this new kind of heaven love inside us. In us. All the time living under grace. We're all coming from grace. You see, we can't love enough. We could never love enough to get us into heaven. We could never love to get us enough to get us into heaven. Keeping the whole law. But Jesus loves us. He pays the ultimate price for us to get you into heaven and to get heaven into you. So that by the Spirit, for the joy and that gratitude of love that we experience from him, that fruit being birthed in our lives, we can now pour that love back out into the world. Not from religious striving. Oh, I've got to be, Jenna said I've got to be super loving. And I should try and try and be super loving. And yeah, I'm really being loving. I bought, bought James a Big Mac. I don't know when McDonald's keeps coming up. Probably we've had too many. But... It's because it's this natural fruit. As you walk in step with the Holy Spirit, it's that natural fruit that's being birthed in your life. It's a miracle. Jesus calls us to the impossible, but then says, walk in my way, and it's so possible. He promises us the impossible, that we would be in him. How on earth, when we die, would we live forever and dwell with him in eternity? He's into the impossible, not by our effort and strength, but by his effort and strength. See, we don't love to get to heaven. No work can do that. No work qualifies you for heaven. If heaven was the motivation for our love, if you think about it, if all our good works to love, go out and love people, the motivation for that was so, okay, one day I get to go to heaven, that would be selfishness, wouldn't it? We'd be doing it for ourselves, not for the other. Christianity, actually, it doesn't teach self-salvation. Be a good person, follow all the rules, keep the law, and you get to go to heaven. It doesn't teach that. You are not your saviour. You are not your saviour. He is your saviour. No one else who's ever lived has ever claimed that by their life and their death and their resurrection, that in them they have eternal life. Only he has ever claimed that. He is your saviour. It is not faith in our own good works that saves us, or a merit-filled life. It's just not in the Bible. It's faith in him, in his work on the cross, his finished work, the work that we could never do. That saves us. See, we don't love in order that we get to heaven. 
We love as a response to the love that we have felt from heaven, that we have experienced from heaven, that we have received. See, if we say that, okay, well, does that mean I, I can, if Jesus has done that on the cross, I can just live however I like? No, because if you, ha- if you see that, then your whole life is a response to the grace and the love that you have experienced. That the fragrance of heaven would flow into your life and from your life, into your family and your friends and the world around you. So think about this. When the Holy Spirit is producing the fruit of heaven's love in you, Jesus' love in you, now something's changed. Now you love yourself not in your own strength or how you feel that you should love yourself because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you, transforming your love, growing this fruit of love in you. So you now love yourself as he loves you, not to your own standard, but to his standard. See, you love yourself as Christ loves you. You value yourself as Christ values you. And from that place, you love each other and the world, our neighbors, with that same love. It transforms that royal command, which is still there. It transforms the royal command. Because we now love ourselves with this love that is produced in us by the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the royal law hasn't passed away. James mentions it in the New Testament. The people he's speaking to, same as same believers as you'd find 2020, 2020, I'm, already, I'm living ahead of myself, 2019, walk in the streets. And he says this, if you really keep the royal law, that's love God with all your heart, soul, strength of mind and love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing it right. See, the law hasn't passed away. It's beautiful. It's fulfilled in Christ. And you are free to live by it without being judged by it. Think on that. You are free to live by it without being judged by it. We're not judged by the law because we're under grace. We're not judged by the law because we live under grace. Jesus has come. He's paid the price for our sin on the cross, our failings, our not loving God and people. And he's brought us to this place of no condemnation before God. What a beautiful place. In the, in the heart of his love, in the hands of his love. He then gives us this spirit of love. And he perfects love in us and calls us to live this life loving others as he first loved us. Why then was the law ever there? What was the point in the thing in the first place if he was going to go and do this? The law is holy and it is perfect. It showed that we couldn't live by it. It showed our need for a saviour. It showed us that we couldn't keep it. And then Jesus comes and he lives the perfect life. He fulfills the law so that if we receive him, then in him, and because of him, the law is fulfilled in us. We're acceptable to the Father. We're declared blameless. Not, okay, you're kind of a good person now, but it says that we get the righteousness of Christ. Says that when God looks, how our standing before God, our righteousness before God, our right standing before Him is the same as Jesus. Then when the Father looks at Jesus and He looks at us, He doesn't see any different to do with our standing before Him. And to get to that point 
is the greatest act of love the world has ever known and ever will know. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, he sent his Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Famous verse, right? Jesus the Son dies on a cross, and we're brought back into his presence. We're adopted into his family, filled with the Holy Spirit, given authority and called into a life founded on and lived from and through his unconditional love that he's working in us. If you are in Jesus today, he's your Lord, you know the love of the Father. You've experienced the love of God. What's the love of God like? It's strong, it's mighty, it's powerful, it's beautiful. It's soft, sorry, it isn't soft, it isn't weak. It doesn't bend to fear or kowtow to the status quo. Love is the source of the victory. Love is the great motivation. Love is the great motivation. It is so, so great that love motivated God. Love motivated God. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Think about that for a moment. That it was love. It was because of love. Love for you. Love for you. Don't just think of humanity in general. Think of you. Sat on that seat. Now in 2019. Got it right this time. Love for you. That drove God to do what he did. Something so hard, something so painful, that heaven itself, that the Godhead themselves, Father, Son, and Spirit, would be pulled apart. What is love driving you to? What is love driving you to? What is love motivating you in? Maybe you're here today and God's speaking to your heart about, about something. About something to step out into. Are you hardening your heart to something God wants to break your heart for? Because sometimes we feel that softness and we're like, well, I should do that. And then it's like, I'm too busy. And the heart hardens. Nah, the heart hardens. You know, people never change the world for God without first having their hearts broken for it. People never change the world for God without first having their hearts broken for it. Love helps us see the little pictures of our challenges, which when we're in them, they can seem massive, right? Our grievances. But love helps us see the big picture of God's heart for us, for us in our situation, even in those challenging situations we face. Love will give us tougher skins and softer hearts. Love will help us see bigger we have to see bigger. We have to see deeper. See, only the lens of love will help us see past us and into God's heart for that person, for that circumstance. When someone comes to you and they assault you with words and say horrible things to you, is your first thing, I'm going to kill them? Or is your first thing, man, what's going on in their heart? How can I pray for them? What has led them to this point that they're speaking to me like that? Something must be wrong. I need to pray for that person. Love changes 
the world. See, love will take you further than personal ambition ever will. It would make you persevere longer than you ever knew that you could persevere for. Let your friendships be grounded in that love. Let your families be grounded in that love. Love is the foundation for a a strong defense of your heart. So when you're busy loving people, when we're consumed with seeing people as God sees them, we will be far too occupied about seeing seeing them as how God sees them to be offended, far too occupied to get annoyed, and way, way more gracious, way, way more gracious. The enemy, we do believe there's an enemy. The enemy will always try and undermine you living a life of love. If he can get you to agree with bitterness, if he can get you to agree with anger, oh, that's great for him. He will try and get you to come into opposition against the very things Jesus loves. Think about that. He will try and get you to come into, the, into opposition to the very things Jesus loves, that he wants, that Jesus wants you in through your life to be loving. People, for a start. Many of the problems in the world are because people don't love people. Yourself. Love yourself, not as the voices in your head tell you you should love yourself, but as the one of glory tells you he loves you. Your parents, your family, the church, leaders, all kinds of different things. Love them as Jesus loves them. And so amongst you, amongst your relationships and friendships and marriages, let love rule in your heart. Treat each other with grace and patience. As parents and children, love each other. Love each other. Let this foundation of love, let this foundation of love defend you and all who are around you from the enemy. It's so important. Stop him stealing and destroying the things that heaven wants to have manifest in your life. Beautiful things to bring into your life. Beautiful things into your life so that would be produced in you and through you. So parents, godparents, friends, demonstrate lives to our little ones, the ones being dedicated, the other kids in the church. Let's lead lives and lead the way in this as a church, as a family together, that, are, that is led by the Spirit of God. Because love, our lives, when you become a believer, we live our lives in the breath of God, don't we? In the Spirit of God. Love is core to the life in the Spirit. So I'm just going to bring us into land for this last section. Love, the core of life in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. Let me read this. If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but I do not have... Love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if, I can fa- and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Wow, powerful. See, it's saying... 
you can heal people, you see miracles, you see all this kind of awesome stuff. But if you're not living in a life of love, you've got nothing. Because love is core to our walk. Our core to our walk with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit in this life. And he will lead us into this life of love. We're going to read now verses 4 to 8, continuing, and then also verse 13. This is the famous wedding passage. Some of you guys who are married may have had this in your weddings. I think Jess and I may have done as well. Um, It actually isn't about a married couple. It can be applied to weddings. It It can be applied to husband and wife love. But the context of the verse is written following on from this. About life, living life in the Holy Spirit. So as I read, I want you to think for maybe people you prayed for, prayed for healing, the things that happened, the miracles asked for that maybe didn't happen. Did we ever blame people's faith? We don't have enough faith, we didn't get hit. Blame God. Did we lose trust in God? Maybe you've seen some amazing things happen. Did we get puffed up and proud? Look what, look what I did. Want to just go around, tell everyone. Maybe it's less supernatural. Maybe it's just about some gifts that we have, natural gifts, like being awesome at generosity, so generous. We got puffed up about a generous act that we did. Or did we envy how God used someone else or someone else's generosity? So this passage is about us and our life of love, founded in love to pour out the love of God to a broken and hurting world. Not in our own strength, but as we're led by the Holy Spirit. So to the believer being led by the Holy Spirit, into all the gifts of the Spirit, into all aspects of life, the natural, generosity, and the supernatural. So remember, love is the core to the Spirit-led life. So remember, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8, 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, if we do the things whether in our power or by the power of God, mentioned at the beginning of the chapter, if we do that from a place not of love, living from a place not of love, and rather kind of having that opposite kind of heart, the things mentioned later on, in verses 4 to 8, like impatience, envy, pride, self-seeking actions, then there is nothing in that moment that is eternal. Think about that. There is nothing in that moment that is eternal, but an act of love is eternal. 
Because the healing, the prophecy, all these things, they're going to cease. But only faith, hope and love will remain. And it carries on in chapter 14. Remember that originally there were no um, verses or things like these I put in well, a thousand years ago or something like that. So they weren't there at the time. And it carries on and says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. See, the gifts of the Spirit reveal God's love to a hurting and broken world. Through the natural and the supernatural, the Holy Spirit leads us into a life of love. Not where you're saying, I've got to I've got to force myself to do this and in my own strength and effort. It is as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us into that place. He leads us through Christ to the Father, that we're hidden in him, that we're hidden and surrounded by love itself because God is love. 1 John 4.8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Follow the way of love because it is the way of God and the Holy Spirit will lead you in that life he will grow that fruit of love in your life and my challenge today as we kind of we're closing now my challenge today to you all is let him lead you into a life of love let the Holy Spirit lead you into a life of love Sir, can I invite you to come back up? And if, yeah, Joshua, thanks, man. We're going to bring the kids back up now, so we may get noisy in a minute. But before that, we're going to do a little response time. Hey, Joshua, go, go grab the kids to come back up. We're going to be going into a bit of a response time so that you kind of, we do this so that you just have a moment to, to respond, respond to God, because our lives get so busy, right? Let these truths sit in your heart. If you didn't understand anything or you're challenged by something, speak to God about it. Ask him. And then afterwards, we're going to dedicate these awesome babies. Something we do every single week, and I want to give anyone here or on the podcast who wouldn't say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to say, I want to follow you. Maybe it's, I've got a shed load of questions, but I want to follow you. And I'll ask them on the way. It doesn't mean that you need to get religious. It doesn't mean that you need to come to this church, although you guys would be welcome. It just means that you're saying to him, I want to follow you. I want to know you. So guys, if that's you, I'm going to pray and just invite you to pray that after me. You can pray it in your head. You can pray it under your breath if you'd like. You can pray it out loud. And then after we pray, I'm not going to call you up the front or embarrass you. But as all eyes are closed, I'm going to get you to pop, pop your hand in the air. Because I'd love to connect with you. And I'd love to walk with you and chat with you. So guys, please everyone close your eyes. And if you want this, just pray after me. Jesus, I believe that you are God the Son. I believe you died for me on the cross to pay for my sin. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. God, thank you for first loving me. 
I choose to make you Lord of my life today. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Okay, guys, as everyone's got their eyes closed, please, everyone, close your eyes. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to connect with you at the end. Just pop your hand up in the air. Just pop your hand up in the air so I can see. Just give a moment. If anyone prayed that, just pop your hand in the air. you're on the podcast or you didn't want to put your hand up please come and chat to me afterwards or send a message on the on the on the whatsapp group i'm just going to pray and then we're going to go into dedicating these awesome babies father god lord i thank you for today and i just pray your peace on this time your peace on this situation holy spirit come and fill this place afresh fill our hearts afresh god lord i praise you praise your name god you're good Lord, I thank you for the lives of these little ones, God. I thank you for the lives of these little ones. Lord, I pray that they would grow living this life of love. Lord, I pray that you would lead all of us into walking with you, Holy Spirit, into a life of love. And we raise up these little ones, God, that your hand would be upon them, that you would just surround them and hold them. In Jesus' mighty and awesome name. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. We're going to do the dedications now, which is so exciting. Can I please just ask, grab a seat. Kiddos may need to stand or sit on laps or something like that. But if we just make sure, maybe not. If everyone's looking okay. Um... guys it is a special moment when a baby is dedicated to the Lord it's a really special moment it's the parents recognizing their child before God that this great blessing that they have received and the responsibility that they've been entrusted with It's a commitment before God to raise a child in his ways. So today, parents, they're coming to God, asking him to partner with them on that beautiful journey of parenthood, to be central in their lives, central in their family, and the raising of this child. Good godparents or close friends, and also all of us here, the church, We're committing, by being here, we're committing to stand alongside them and support them to see their child flourish and grow in the Lord, to see them grow well and see them grow strong. 
What we're going to do now is I'm going to invite, we're going to do, there are three, three beautiful babies being dedicated. We're going to do it one by one with, with families coming up and any of the entourage that you'd like to come up can come up as well. So first off, I want to, I want to invite um, Brad and Jamie um, to come up with, with Brie. So what's going to happen is I'm going to hand the mic to these guys. They're, they're going to share a little bit, and then together we're going to, we're going to pray a prayer of dedication and blessing um, over Bray. Well, I'm definitely going to read whilst I'm going to cry. So. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's just part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, when, when we found out we were pregnant, um, Jamie and I prayed about a name because a name for us is quite important. So, and uh, and when we were praying, there was those two words that we thought con- uh, conveyed the character of the little one. And those two words were courage and strength. Um, so the meaning of your name, Brie Harper. Brie, it's an origin to Irish, and your great grandparents um, carries this heritage. It means strength and courage, it also means exalted one. Harper, God's chosen instrument. When we chose this name, we thought for the symbolic of this harmony and sweet melody this little one would make with their presence. We are by you have literally embodied and embodied this name with your constant chattering, laughing, and filling our homes with your people. We hope you always stay like us. Good it's beautiful music, right? I think someone wants to be fun. <laughs> I don't think I've cried, cry, but I'm feeling so emotional right now. <laughs> okay, this is a letter for you, Bree, from your mommy and daddy. So, my little Bree and my little dumpling, we stand here today completely in awe of the gift God has given us. You have taken our ordinary and turned it extraordinary. We count it a huge privilege to be chosen by God to be your mum and dad. In these first six months, we have been completely humbled (laughs) by the challenge of parenting, yet so thankful for the support and love we've passed in our community, especially a lot of you that are here. Thank you. It truly takes a village. And for you today, mum and dad, Santa, as imperfect people, but we will do our best along with the guidance of God and his direction to love you perfectly. We want you to know how proud we are of you. And we're so excited seeing how God is revealing your purpose. You're so loved. You're so valued and cherished. We will always be here for you. We ask you forgive us when we are we have shortcomings and teach us to be more selfless. We love you lots and lots. The verse we want to hold on to while raising you is Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Uh, Before I formed you in the womb, I 
before you were born, I said to your prophet, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do you want to say something? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, Brie, and we just love you guys. Thank you for coming. Those of you who've traveled far, we really appreciate it. To our friends are back at home, and we love to be here. Um, Kathleen standing on the line. <laughs> yes! Guys, that was good. Outdid me. Um, guys, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over Brie. Um, can you just agree with me? If you, if, it's, if you feel comfortable as part of your tradition, please stretch your hand towards them. Um, Jamie, I may need you to hold the microphone for me. <laughs> Actually, I'll do my best. I'll be all right. Or will I? Welcome, Bree Harper Wedderburn. Thanks. Welcome, Bree Harper Wedderburn. We dedicate you to the Lord. God is here to bless you, and blessed are you beyond telling. To be born to parents committed to you who love you and love each other, servants of King Jesus. Grow gently, Brie. In the love of God, we bless you and pray Christ be near you now and each hour of your life. God be with you in this your day, every day and in every way, with you and for you. And we bless you that the love and affection of heaven be towards you. We bless you as you grow. May faith grow with you. May, your, may you find the presence of Christ your clothing and your protection and year by year may the knowledge of his presence be greater for you that daily you may put on Christ and walk as his own in the world she's excited <laughs> Bree may God make your road clear may he make safe to you each step should you stumble hold you should you fall, lift you up. When you are hard-pressed by evil, deliver you and bring you at last to his glory. Bree, the bless... Sorry. Brad and Jamie. <laughs> Brad and Jamie. The blessing of Christ comes to you in Bree. The blessing is mercy and kindness and joy. We bless you as parents. We bless your home... We bless your family. And in this moment, we, the church, and your friends here today, commit to your family to walk with you on this journey through the calm and the storm, through the joy and the trial, that Bree would grow into the fullness of faith in him. Lord, we dedicate Bree to you. In your name, amen. Well, round of applause. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> could I ask, um, invite, um, could I invite Peter and Elaine and Gloria to come up? Thank you for being with us.
very important day in our family. You put it here. Yeah, it's, thank you for being with us on this very important day of our family. It's, uh, it's wonderful to have your attention for five, ten minutes. That's a, that's a great blessing. It's a great blessing. So I just want to say uh, my uh, late father and mother are also here with us. Um, uh, first of all, we, 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 we are really very thankful in our hearts for glory. Um, I'm sure people have heard challenges with pregnancy. And um, Elaine had a challenge with pregnancy. She was uh, diagnosed, she was said to be infertile uh, before, before the baby came. Um, the condition was that, um, so she was, she was not pregnant, but she had milk. It was an abnormality, abnormality, um, whatever the word is. Uh, uh, she had prolactin, a high prolactin level that's supposed to generate milk supply to a baby. When she didn't have a baby, she was not pregnant. Uh, even a very professional doctor told us, uh, you know, to check it out anyhow. But uh, we'll go into it. But uh, we really prayed. Uh, we we made uh, we made a trip away to de-stress against doctor's advice. We're not saying that we would normally listen to the doctor. We, you know, but that time we had been praying, we felt thought that a time away would be very good. So um, uh, and so we went with that leader, with that peace in our hearts, and it was when we were away that she became pregnant. And that glory came about. So we do give thanks to the Lord uh, because, yeah, it's just, yeah, give thanks to the Lord. We're very, very thankful. So we share that with you uh, so that you know that our Lord, your Lord, is real. Um, my hope, yeah, the other part I'm supposed to share, yeah, her, her name is Gloria. Um, my, my uh, spiritual mother, Godmother Maria, gave her that name. So, um, so that's why she's Gloria. But um, uh, her, but of course, we, we, we like that name. It means she brings glory to the Lord. Now, uh, her, her Chinese name is Kehen. Mandarin is Kehen. Kehen means prayer. Kehen means prayer. Kehen means fragrance. So our, we, 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 we see her, we hope that she becomes a praying, praying woman that offers fragrance to the Lord. Amen. That's, that's her Good. name. It's okay, thank you. Once you see her memory. Uh, my, my, my hope, I, I've been reading, uh, I've been reading in great details, well, for myself anyway, uh, the life of uh, King David, and and I find that I, I would very much like the same for, for my daughter. David knew, he always knew, that he was, he was chosen by God and loved by God. Mm, amen. I, I find that amazing because I, I don't. And so it's very helpful and, it's, and I thought as her parent, as, as her father, I really want her to know that. Um, she is loved um, by God, and she's chosen by God. The gospel didn't come to everyone. A lot of people don't yet know it. But uh, the 
that God has come to her. So I would love, when she grows up to be 10, 20, 30, uh, she, can, she knows that. So she's loved by God, chosen by God. It's that deep reassurance. I'm very happy as a father. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she also knows. Uh, I also see David's life, he made a lot of choices. Choices have both cause and consequences. I also pray that God give her the wisdom to know also that. Whether they're good choices, bad choices, always come to cause and consequences. And I, also, I want her to know growing up that she knows that. You know, she has the wisdom for that. Yeah, so that's, that's me. My wife has said that I'll be the spokesperson. <laughs> so, that's, <laughs> so that's that's us. Cool. Thanks, guys. Let's pray and um, dedicate and bless Gloria. And same again, guys. If thanks. Same again. If please reach your hands. Um, I've got to get closer. Sorry, sweetie. <clears throat> Welcome, Gloria K. Hing Young. We dedicate you to the Lord. God is here to bless you. And blessed are you beyond telling. To be born to parents committed to you, who love you and who love the Lord. Servants of King Jesus. Grow gently, Gloria. In the love of God, we bless you and pray Christ be near you. Christ be near you now and each hour of your life. God be with you in this your day, every day and in every way, with you and for you. And we bless you that the love and affection of heaven be with you and towards you. We bless you as you grow. May faith grow with you. May you find the presence of Christ, your clothing and protection. And year by year, may the knowledge of his presence be greater to you. That daily you may put on Christ and walk as his own in the world. Gloria, may God make clear to you each road. May he make safe to you each step. Should you stumble, hold you. Should you fall, lift you up. When you're hard pressed with evil, deliver you and bring you at last to his glory. Peter and Elaine, the blessing of Christ comes to you in Gloria. The blessing is mercy and kindness and joy. We bless you as parents. We bless your home. We bless your family. And in this moment, we, the church, friends here today, commit to your family to walk with you on this journey through the calm, through the storm, through the joy and the trial, that Gloria would grow into the fullness of faith in him. Lord, we dedicate Gloria to you. In your name, amen. 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 And lastly, can I just invite up um, Philip and Cherry? Come on up. Awesome story for you guys. 
such a blessing, baby Matthew. Here we are. Sorry, I'll, I'll try me back, so I'm not you know, very good at these things. So. You just go for it, man, it's cool. Okay, so um, I'm Phil, this is Jerry, my wife, and this is Matthew. Um, originally, Matthew was going to be called Chloe. Jerry <laughs> 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 uh, was pretty sure that we were going to have a baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> So when Cherry was about 25 weeks pregnant, um, I encouraged her one day to start thinking about boys' names just in case we were going to have a boy. So Cherry wrote down one name, and then something happened that day, we were distracted, and it was only that one name on a piece of paper, which was Matthew. And then uh, the next day, Cherry had some complications and her waters broke at 25 weeks. <laughs> so um, Cherry was admitted to hospital uh, where she was to stay there for the remaining of her pregnancy until Matthew uh, was going to uh, be born. Um, instead, a, a few days later, Cherry went into labour at 26 weeks. And um, Matthew came, and he, and he weighed a whopping 900 grams. Whoa. So, um, there's thousands of reasons why we want to uh, uh, get Matthew dedicated. Uh, but, uh, no, no, no. It's good, man. Uh, one of the main reasons is we want to we want to show how grateful we wanted to know about you guys who prayed for the support from our family. Um, it's my yeah, mum and dad, Matthew's grandparents there. Their support was unbelievable. We wanted to know about the doctors and the nurses who looked after him and helped him. And most importantly, uh, God who protected him and saved him and gave him life, allowed him to live, to hope, to feel and so that's one of the reasons why we want to get him dedicated. Um, and we promise to do our best to give him as much as we can, to open as much as we can. And we just want him to do well. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So guys, we're gonna we're gonna dedicate um, dedicate Matthew. Can you hold that for me? You know what? Yeah. Just a second. So I just want to put my hand up. Matthew Philip Goff, welcome. We welcome you. We dedicate you to the Lord. God is here to bless you, and blessed are you beyond telling. To be born to parents committed to you. 
who love you and love each other, servants of King Jesus. Grow gently, Matthew, in the love of God. We bless you and pray Christ be near you now and each hour of your life. Amen. Eh? God be with you in this your day, every day, and in every way, with you and for you. And we bless you that the love and affection of heaven be toward you. We bless you as you grow. May faith grow with you. May you find the presence of Christ, your clothing and your protection. And year by year, may the knowledge of his presence be greater for you, that daily you may put on Christ and walk as his own in the world. Matthew, may God make clear to you each road. May he make safe to you each step. Should you stumble, hold you. Should you fall, lift you up. When you are hard pressed with evil, deliver you and bring you at last to his glory. Phil and Cherry, the blessing of Christ has come to you in Matthew. As you know, the, the blessing is mercy and kindness and joy. We bless you as parents. We bless your home. We bless your family to walk with you. We, sir, we bless your family. And in this moment, we, the church, and your friends commit to your family to walk with you on this journey through the calm and the storm, through the joy and the trial, that Matthew would grow into the fullness of faith in him. Lord, we dedicate Matthew to you. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys.